Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 157. Once again, you got Chris and Brian. And this time around, we're going to look at the topic of how good is good enough. Yeah, absolutely, guys. A lot of, lot of debate around there, you know, around, um, you know, I, I go with the, like the, the number one marker, you know, your draw from concealment to first shot on target and that whole like sub one second thing. And I would never tell anybody not to try and achieve a sub one second draw stroke. Um, but the time you're spending there, if you've got a one five from concealment or a one three from concealment or even a 2.0 from concealment, um, if you look at the just as an example, you look at the data around that particular metric, uh, the vast majority of people out there that are getting in gunfights with concealed carry guns are drawing them surreptitiously. Uh, they're sneaking them out as the opportunity uh, allows. They're not necessarily trying to outdraw a drawn gun or, or outfast somebody. Um, so, you know, just kind of that kind of mentality, um, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours spent in front of a mirror or in front of a target dry firing to get sub one second. Uh, were there other things that maybe you could have been working on too that are yeah. probably close to as important like accuracy or whatever? So. Yeah, let's let's dive into that. Sure. So cool. Um, what do you want to lead off with? Yeah, I'd say that you know the draw stroke. Um, you know, if you're call it sub one five to an A zone hit at ten yards, you're probably pretty good. And I'm going to call that from concealment. From concealment. I'm going to say from concealment. I, I'm going to say one five one six is the number that I'm going for, and that is. I, I will also say that's with everything but like three layers of winter clothing. Yeah. When you start talking about three layers of winter clothing, that's where you might consider throwing a snubby in the front pocket of your big heavy coat. Um, we found that out on the range. Um, every year it seems like we get smacked in the nose with, holy crap, is it cold out? Holy crap, do I have a lot of stuff on? Um, and also understanding too that, you know, if you're most folks out there, like I keep gear in my vehicle in case it's really freaking cold to throw on. Um, but in general, I'm wearing, uh, you know, a, a, a a layered approach to jacket or whatever that's not stupid heavy and probably not even gloves. I have them with me, but I don't necessarily wear them all the time. So at that point, even in the wintertime, I should still be chasing one six. The issue or better, the issue with that is training like that when you're out for extended periods in the cold is tough. And that's where you get into maybe a different modus operandi depending on the clothing you're wearing. Yep. So yeah. But yeah. Three season, um, yep. you know, spring, summer, fall. Yep. And, and, um, and half of winter in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't get down to the nasty nasties for extended periods often. Yeah, and so. that's the other the other big thing is you should be able to do that, call it eight out of ten times in a row. Mm -hmm. And the other two should still be A zone hits, and they should be under two seconds. Absolutely. We actually had uh, one of our customers and a couple of guys from his tribe uh, were out doing their thing yesterday, and, and that was the conversation, you know, wearing three layers, wearing legit winter clothes. Um, legit walking around winter clothes. What am I going to wear when I go to Kroger's? What am I going to wear when I go out to dinner or whatever stuff like that, you know, a, a decent coat and stuff like that. And, uh, and their metrics were chasing, you know, one ones to one sixes. Um, these are prior service military guys. They're pretty squared away dudes who actually train on handguns pretty hard because they recognized that that was a deficiency from their time in the service and their concealed carry dudes who hit it on a regular basis. Um, I think that when you're wearing what you'd wear when it's 20 degrees outside and you're running one sixes or better consistently, I think you're smoking. I think you're probably doing pretty good. Um, if you're faster than that, awesome, good on you for putting time into it. And then what else, maybe what other skills yeah. do you need to be sharpening while you're at that? Um, whether, you know, whether that's a gun skill or whether it's an empty hand skill, whether it's footwork, whether it's closure, um, you know, I, I don't care, whatever, you know, even, yeah. you know, and I, and again, we talk about 
the same thing around rifle stuff. You know, we spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time. And with the rifle, I think maybe it's more important to do up drills and how fast are you to that first shot? Because with a rifle, we're no longer talking about concealed. We're talking about an active combative environment yep. with long guns. So there, I absolutely agree that that first shot, that, that literally that first shot speed needs to be as fast as you can make it. Yeah. Talking, like, <clears throat> again, you know, looking, let's say 20, 20 yards, A zone hit, you know, first, first shot in under 0.5. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. second shot in under 0.7. Yep. Yeah. With, a, with, with, with the long gun. With the long gun. And I would say probably similar metrics at 10 yards with a handgun that's already out. You've got your handgun out, maybe at the low ready, something like that. I think yeah. that, you know, popping that first shot off sub, sub half a second. Um, you know, if you, if you know where the target is, you're indexed on the target and it's like, oh crap, now it's time to put holes in that yep. dude. You know, you're not absolutely sure, but the gun's out and then it's time, you know, again, working that up drill with a handgun too, that same half second and maybe following along with that second shot within a quarter second at most at 10 yards. And then as distance increases slower yeah. as distance decreases much faster. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, definitely, you know, some things to think about, you know, again, with the rifle, I think up drills and that speed stuff is, is significantly more critical just based on what we know about how the fight progresses for most folks with a handgun versus yeah. a long gun. Um, this, the, the speed to draw on first shot, I think comes so much out of the competitive world out of USPSA. You've got guys like, um, you know, Scott Jedlinski, Modern Samurai Project. Um, you know, you got Jedi pushing that, that sub one second. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, it, and, and he teaches a holistic approach to the training aspect of things. It's just that's what you see on the gram because that's what's cool. And if that's the only thing you're training because that's what you see on the gram, then, you know, take a look into everything else he teaches too because it's a two-day class, um, and that's not all of it. So everything yeah. is speed-based because the first guy to get meat on a hit on meat on a target is probably going to win the fight. Um, but the idea that your fight's going to be with dead feet standing still, sub one second, it's not the okay corral. Um, in the OK Corral is probably more dynamic than we see it in old westerns. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Another um, really good handgun drill is the MXAD drill or Mat X-ray Alpha drill. Uh, sub four seconds on that at night, or in a diminished visual environment, um, is a really good metric to chase. What's the drill? Um, so at was it ha. seven yards? <laughs> um, you're shooting six. Was it six rounds into the A zone at? At seven yards, and there's okay. another target at twelve, like one, one about right next to laterally the first yep. target. Yep. And two rounds into that one. Okay. Um. So yeah, from the from the draw from concealment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, under four seconds. Under four seconds. That's right. And so yeah, and and I would say that you know if you're if you're talking like build drill, um, you know. Top notch shooters, USPSA GM guys are shooting build drills in what sub two and a half. Sub two. Sub two in some cases. Um, you know, a good shooter is running a build drill, um, you know, that, that two to two and a half seconds. So you've got. That, so that, like we're talking USA, USPSA metrics um, that's open. Yep. Like open, yep. no concealment, race holsters. Yep. Um, may or may not be, you know, an open class gun. Yeah. Which changes things kind of Well, it puts comps on guns. It, you know, it does things. It does optics. It does crazy triggers. It does, you know, significantly modified guns with gas pedals. Yeah. Generally stuff you're not going to carry on the street. But like USPSA, top level USPSA production guys are shooting a build drill and sub two and a quarter. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I just I just watched a video of a dude here recently who was that was his chase. He got out on the range and was doing it. Very competent defensive shooter. Um, he he has a small training company. I'm not going to bring names into it, um, but but really kind of a squared away dude that I think is up and coming. And went out and like his first run, he's like, I want to do sub two seconds, sub two and a half. The goal was to eventually get sub two seconds. And his first run was under two and a half because he's got good baseline skills. And I would say that's a good indicator of good baseline skills, control of the weapon, etc. Um, and I wish I didn't suck so much because I don't think I've ever run a bill drone under three seconds. Um, like literally ever. I don't think I ever have. Um, now, considering I'm almost always running it from concealment, one and a half second draw, six shots in a second and a half should be more than doable. Yeah. Um, because you're talking quarter second splits. I just don't have the splits. So, um, and that's a trigger finger thing as much as it is owning the gun kind of thing. Uh, having said that, it's also not something that I am working on super hard because there's a lot of other skills I'd like to get honed in as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, same thing around, um, if, if we can push off of that, but same idea reloads Yeah. that, you know, guys chasing down some of the sub one second reloads or one second reloads like the USPSA guys. When you're working off of mag pouches that stick way out from your body, uh, you're working off of mag pouches that are angled so they hit your hand properly, no matter where your hand is in the arc of reach, depending on what they mag it is. Don't have it. any kind of closure on them. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know, and then going to the gun quickly. Um, you know, there's there's a reality check to that too. Um, as a civilian, you know, what's the likelihood that you're going, you know, to a second magazine? Hell, how many of you carry a second magazine? Which is another conversation entirely. If you're law enforcement, um, you know, talk about law enforcement guys almost always go to a reload in a gunfight, um, generally because they have a reload and they've been trained to. Um, how fast they do, it's a different conversation, but, you know, that's something to think about. Um, you know, but the statistics of needing to go to a gunfight in a civilian encounter are very, very, very low. Should you still know how to do it fast? Yep. If you can still do it in one second, that's awesome. Uh, and again, the guys like Modern Samurai Project, you know, that are out there that are doing that one second reload. They're doing it from a concealment rig. They're doing it from like a tier one concealment with a vertical mag pouch, um, you know, all in the same place. It's a rig they actually walk around the earth with. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, if it's your job, then you ought to be able to do it. And I say for, for Jedi, that's his job. And that's freaking awesome. Yeah. He does get dudes in his class who are already good shooters who step up to those metrics within a two-day class period. Uh, another vote for why you should go take training from a competent instructor because they'll get you someplace different from where you are right now especially if you're not finding it on your own. If you're not finding consistent improvements, you plateaued, great place to chase it. But again, what other skills could you be working on? You know, and, and, uh, and I'll, we'll go back to, you know, we spent a lot of time here recently talking about fitness and stuff like that. If you're spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on the gun, but you can't run a 40, um, you know, let's talk about that. Yeah. Now pound a 40. Yeah, that's my speed. Schlitz might lick it. All right. Um, what else time-wise let's talk, uh, Rifle stuff, rifle metrics. Yeah, rifle. Um, so MX-80 with a rifle, like sub two and a half. Yep. Um, very doable. <clears throat> yes. Uh, if you can't, um, yeah, your rifle skills suck. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even I can do that sub two and a half with a rifle. Um, yeah, and, and I would agree with that. And with the rifle, it, obviously it's easier. You've got more points of contact, more control. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I would and I would agree with... I'm going to just go right with you. The whole you suck thing is a little harsh, but I think it's true with the rifle in this case. If you, you don't have good baseline rifle skills if you can't do that. Um, they're just that simple. Uh, and, I would say, and I would say that consistently. Maybe you fumble it once in a while, but 9 out of 10, you ought to be 2.5. Um, yeah. you know. And the same thing, you know, we talk about you know, that, that's from the low ready, so you're getting an up 
six shots transition in two shots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the transition, honestly, if you, we've got some guys within our tribe like you um, and Mac J and some other dudes who that, you know, guys talk about that. Well, there's a transition in there. It's not a big transition. It's a near to, it's, is it a near to far or is it uh, the five yards or three yards or whatever? Yeah, it's near to far. You're going from five to seven. Exactly. So, you know, it's not a huge transition. And for a lot of you guys, I'm sorry, from, from seven to 12, seven to 12, 12, five yards distance wise. But you're only moving the gun laterally, maybe 18 inches. Yeah, and so that, and for a lot of you guys, um, it you can't hear the transition in the shot cadence, which is probably one of the things to work on with that. And I think this, you know, he's also a GM. He's not just a former go fast guy. Um, and so you listen to what that drill does for you driving cadence. Um, I, that puts more into it. That makes it, I think, a little more worthy to train toward because it's not just a single thing like the draw strip to one. Yeah. yeah, or the reload, shoot, run, reload kind of thing, um, which yeah. is still are, a good thing to practice. Party tricks. It's a good thing to practice. Um, doing it sub one second, again, if you're a USPSA shooter, awesome. Um, and also if you're doing it not from concealment, you know, if you're if you're the dude on IG who's sitting out there playing around doing it with your competition rig on, that's cool. Do it over and over and over again so that you can't screw it up when you're in the middle of a match uh, because that tenth of a second could cost you the match against some good dudes. Um but if it's, you know, if you're training for, if your push is more for a concealed carry or whatever, do it from concealed. And if you're doing it from concealed and sub one second, um, I'd like to bow at the altar of, because that's pretty impressive. That's cool stuff. So, uh, but again, where else could you be spending your time on other things that need to happen? Yeah. So, uh, and again, not to poo-poo speed. It's valuable. It's a good thing. But are, how well-rounded are you as a shooter? Um, and I think the, also the other thing the X-ray Alpha thing does too is that visual aspect of changing targets. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Um, and there's a lot of drills you can do. Again, back to the, the book we've been beating on, the Joel Park and, and Ben Steger book, where they do a lot of visual work from different stuff. And yeah. spending your time there might be a whole lot better because in the out in the world, if you get in a fight, you may need to determine, does the next guy need shot or not? Because if you screw up and just go through them like they're all brown cardboard, um, that could be a really bad day. Yeah, so to pick on the, the practical shooting training, uh, if you don't have that book, I uh, highly recommend picking it up. It is well worth your time reading it. What's the website? It's like Joel Parks. It's like the Pro Shop or something like uh, ben that. St- ben Stager Pro is Shop it, okay. has it. Um, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. I think they also as well. Don't they do like they do a hardback and a paperback now? You have the paperback, right? They, they just do the paperback. Do they? Okay, gotcha. I was just looking at one of uh, looking at a couple things on their site. So, um, so yeah, definitely worth yeah, picking up. To, to get back into that book. Uh, if you look at the metrics, uh, I know there's kind of a joke of like B class for life, but if you look at the metrics of what the B class drills entail, um, if you can hit those on a consistent basis, you are probably better than 98% of all tactical law enforcement. Um, you are 100% better than pretty much every patrol officer on the street. Yeah, and I would and I would opine that you're probably better than again same thing 98 to 100 percent of most concealed carry permit holders as yeah. well. Uh, there's a lot of dudes out there who you know thump their chest with the Mo Rights crowd, um, but don't go and beat on the gun and train with it as much as they should. Um, you know, not that there's not some squared away dudes in all those categories, um, but it's it's pretty rare. It's it, it's yeah. it's more rare than it's way more rare than it should be. Let's put it like that. Oh, so to to look at you know the the time investment, the ammo investment. Yeah. Um, you know, dry fire investment, range strips investment, classes, yeah, whatnot. If you can get to and maintain, call it the the ability to just walk on the range and hit any of the any of the drills in that book at a B class level, B class level, yeah, on demand, 
um, you're probably good enough. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the, yeah, the B class know, hacks are legit. We can we can all aspire to master class or GM class. Yep. When it comes to hitting the you know the drills and the times, um, but if you read the preface to that book, you know to get to call it GM level yep. um, on demand, you are pretty much devoting your entire existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. To to doing that. Uh, it's a full-time as, job. Yeah, it's a full-time job. Yeah. Um, you know, as responsible armed citizens, um, we have a lot of other responsibilities yeah. in life um, that should probably not get neglected to go chase. Like mortgage payments, that kids. Don't necessarily pay jobs. off in the end. Yeah, jobs, different things of that nature. Uh, yeah, and, and again, like you said, though, the B-class hacks in that are legit. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not proud of saying this, but there's a couple different drills in that book we've done where I'm, I'm not even on the B-class. I'm not even on the B-class numbers. And that's as much time as we spend. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe 15 years ago when I was shooting a lot more, I probably, the B-class standards probably wouldn't have been a real big deal. Um, but it, it's legit. Those are, those are good numbers. Those are definitely good enough, in my opinion. So, um, shotgun stuff. If you want to talk about, like, how good you are with a shotgun, nobody cares. Ah, just kidding. Um, I, I don't even know what number should be for a shotgun. It should still be sub half second from the low ready up to hitting a target. Yeah, if you're running pump guns and other guns, you ought to be able to run a pump gun damn near as fast as an auto, and target transition shouldn't change that a whole lot. Um, so I think I think you could apply similar numbers. I was going to say shotguns like 24 out of 25 at 16 yards. Shooting yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you, yeah, you got to be awake there too, right? Um, and well, and I would even say, you know, again, I, I'm not going to go tell somebody to devote a whole shitload of time to the shotgun because um, she's a feisty mistress. Go um, buy a rifle. Yeah, go, go buy a rifle. Um, the rifle cleans up a lot of concerns around where are all those pellets going? What does over penetration look like? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make them go away, but it helps them a whole lot. Um, you know, and it, but that if the shotgun's what you got, then, you know, maybe your splits are going to stretch out on a pump gun, but your tip first shot conversation, that up drill should be the same. Um, the speed to transition visually from target to target shouldn't change much from a rifle. It's a heavier, longer gun in general. Um, but it, you know, it's, it, if you're running a pump gun, understand you got to cycle the gun manually and it's probably not going to be as fast as a semi-auto gun nowadays. Um, if you're running a, you know, a 1980s vintage 1100, you might be able to outrun it with a pump gun if you're really good. Um. But yeah, you know, just looking at those kind of metrics, I, I don't the shotgun stuff doesn't I don't get real excited because reloads just suck, and yeah. and there's a conversation too around well I can quad load, okay yeah in your underwear can you quad load you know I mean when when something goes bump in the middle of the night are you gonna you know are you gonna have are you gonna have your quad load belt with your pouches on you you know if you sleep with that on then well more power to you. I don't know. Maybe it does something for her. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, quad loading, you know, out of, out of your underwear is a different conversation. Um, but being able to run the gun, if that's what you got, be able to run the gun, you know, be be good enough with it. I just, I'm not comfortable saying what those metrics are on a pump gun. I just know that when I was running a pump gun a lot, I could run a pump gun damn near as fast as an auto, but autos weren't as fast as they are today. And they're still not as fast as the rifle. Nope. And the, you know, the Benelli's and the, the Benelli's and the Berettas right now are, are screaming fast. And I'm sure there's other brands out there that lay claims to being as fast. I just don't know from a reliability standpoint, if I trust those other brands, like I would trust the Benelli or a Beretta right now. Um, and then loading the gun. Um, I tell guys, I, you know, there's a video that goes back a couple years of a shootout. Like I think it was in Baltimore, Maryland, where some dude had taken over like a transit bus or something like that. Um, one of the cops shows up, runs the four rounds through an 870, and when it when it runs click, he literally just drops it to the deck and goes for his handgun again, exactly as you should. Um, you know, if you're 
doing home defense, if you can reload a shotgun fast enough to get somebody to not close distance on you, great. If you can keep it topped off, even better, so you're not running dry and trying to reload it. Um, but loading a shotgun is, again, feisty mistress. So, yeah, like redheads needing restraining orders, feisty. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so. quite feisty indeed. <laughs> so, cool. Oh, good enough, good enough, good enough, good enough, good enough. I'm... I, I feel like nobody cares about the shotgun, so we'll move on. Um, the the reality check too is is you know from we, again we've been beating on fitness, so it's really hard not to go back to fitness and expectations around that. Um, you know I, I'm not going to throw out what your 40 speed should be. I'm not going to throw out what your mile time should be. I'm not going to throw out what your strength you know things should be. Um, but you know that you can read all over about what's strong, what's strong for an age group, what's strong for yeah, an athlete. Go, go hit high school varsity numbers yep. for a given activity. Yeah. Um, you're probably in pretty good shape. And, and depending on what school, um, those numbers can be effing impressive. Um, I, I'm just going to say generically, um, maybe something like bench press your body weight, squat, back squat one and a half times your body weight, and maybe deadlift chasing two times your body weight. Um, those would all be very, very significant numbers for most people. If you can do that, you are freaking strong. Yeah. And be able to do pull-ups. And be, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pull-ups suck. And I um, almost say pull-ups are more important than the other three. Um, I, I, I would throw, I say just as much as the other three. I mean, there's a reality check that you may need to drag yourself over a wall or a fence or something like that. Um, I, and I absolutely agree with that. I mean, as jacked up as my shoulders are and as much as I hate doing them, um, I still like knowing that I can do one or two even with screwed up shoulders. Um, and it hurts, and I still occasionally chase that. Um, that's definitely an important strength metric that a lot of people fail at miserably, especially anybody, especially a lot of folks over the age of 30. Yeah. Just period. I mean, you just stop doing things when you're not a kid anymore. And, and that's one of the, that's one of the fastest things to suffer. So for sure. Yep. 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 Yeah. But yeah, being able to move stuff around, including your carcass matters. Yeah. So, Along yeah. with over distance, you know, be able to hit a, was it a 15 minute, you know, road mile, yeah. um, with, 15% of your body weight on your back. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, running, I don't know, sub sub 230, 800? Is that, um, that reasonable? Yeah, I mean, I can't do that. I can't do that, but I can't do that, but I'd be happy if I could. Um, I'm going to say, you know, I can I can do, well, I haven't done it in like two years, but I mean, because we, we just don't run 400s a lot, but I mean, I would say a sub 90 second 400, um, and, and a sub three, three and a half minute, um, would put you, if you could do a three and a half minute, 800, that would put you at a seven minute pace for a mile. And if you could do a eight minute, or even sub 10 minute mile, but there's a shitload of people walking around this planet who can't run a mile in 10 minutes that are actually in decent shape. You wouldn't look at them and think, well, that dude's, you know, out of shape or needs to drop some pounds and still can't run an eight minute mile. because so they just don't do it. Um, you yeah. know, so, you know, understand those standards. And I'm, and again, I'm not talking about 18 year old kids in the army. I'm talking about, you know, 40-year-old dudes on the street or on a construction site or wherever, you know, kind of mentality. They can get work done, but running is a different beast, and if you don't do it, you can't do it, period. Uh, the sprinting into things, sprinting sucks. If you're fast, you're fast. I've never been fast in my entire life. I haven't been fast since I was a kid, and even then there were lots of guys faster than me. So uh, you still need to work at it, being able to cover 50 yards quickly, yeah. um, being able to cover, you know, a, a, or, or a, a 30, 40, whatever. That first step or two is really nice, being quick up close in a fight, um, but then also being able to cover 30, 40, 50 yards in a relatively fast time frame, especially if somebody's trying to shoot you or, or something like that. Yeah. Same with the oh, like under 10 yard sprint. Yep. Yeah. Up, I'm up. He sees me. I'm down. Yeah. I'm up. He sees me. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, you know, what's, what's good enough. Um, and then what are the things you should be working on? So if you're stupid fast 
uh, but you can't do 10 push-ups. If you're stupid fast, but you can't do a pull-up. Um, if you can deadlift the entire state of Kentucky, but you can't do a chin-up, or you can deadlift the entire state of Kentucky and, you know, you can't run 800 yards without stroking out, you know, there's a conversation there too. Um, there's some big dudes out there who can't move at all but are ridiculously strong. Um, those guys make make great bullet-absorbing tools um, if you can't move. So. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. What else is good enough? That, I think that wraps things up quite well. Well, what about the like the most expensive gun? Am I not good enough if I don't have the most expensive gun? Doesn't really matter. Okay, cool. Just <laughs> never know. So. Cool. Uh, oh. Yeah, quality quality gun, quality holster, get the job done. You do work. Do, do work. Do, be able to do work. Do hard stuff every day so you can do hard stuff tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, on that note, as we come across fun, interesting things, a lot of times they get posted to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, we are now Cap City Outfitters 2. Uh, our first first IG was consigned to the memory hole by the commie bastards at Meta. Dirty. Uh, yeah, so give us a follow on there. Um, you do need an account now because we were <clears throat> age-restricted and all that stuff, trying to, trying to avoid the censors. Uh, also, we have a website, capcityoutfitters.com. You can sign up for our email newsletter that goes out once a week on there. Uh, along with finding information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Lastly, come visit us at the store. We're here Tuesday through Saturday, uh, 10 to 5. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.